you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. What an honor it is to come across your airwaves. And with this broadcast, we consider it a pretty awesome thing. With me again today, this is three days in a row, and it's only been a week or two since we've heard him. But uh, Pastor Miller, thankfully, is with us. He's still covering in Christ. Good morning, Pastor. Oh, good to be with you this morning, Doug, and good to be with the folks that are listening. Yeah, happy Wednesday, everybody. And, uh, you know, we've started with this verse uh, in Romans 8.1. We kind of use it as uh, our theme uh, to go through and do what we're doing on in Christ. There is therefore no condemnation, no guilt, no, no spot, no, no blemish uh, to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk after the flesh but after the Spirit. And what a couple days we've had. We've learned so much as we continue to look at what in Christ is all about. And, and this battle we have within ourselves, we, we got this wonderful Holy Spirit of God. If we seek him, if we allow him to work, uh, Pastor gave the story of the evil dog and the uh, less than evil dog, and whichever one you feed more is, uh, you know, the godly dog, whichever one you feed more is the one that that wins the battle. And so we want you to be feeding God and uh, feeding yourself with God, just loading yourself up. So pastor, we are, you were in Ephesians, I think one getting ready to yes. cover verse four. Yeah. Yes. And we were talking about the blessings we have in Christ. We're really talking in these first three chapters of Ephesians about the wealth of the saints. And when we use the term saint, we don't mean a canonized person after they die. A saint is used over and over in Scripture for those that have received Christ as Savior. They're set apart as God's possession. Yeah. And in that parable we started with the girl, she's now in the family. Yeah. You know, she, she's going to be married to, uh, in a wedding to the son, but she's treated it like a daughter. And we're, we're daughters and sons of God. But the thing that we were focusing on in verse 4 was, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Amen. And so we're talking about God having us set apart, and we are actually becoming Christ-like, holier, as we would say, and blameless. Yeah. And that was God's goal. When he chose us, he says, you're going to receive Christ. You're going to be in my son. So I'm predetermining that you're going to become like him. And so that's one of the blessings that we have of being in Christ is we're going to become like him. And then another one that we come to is we are also, he says, in whom. And when we look at that uh, term, the in, in the beloved, and verse 6 talks about there at the end of the verse, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. Now, that one, the beloved, is a term for Jesus Christ, the Amen. one, this dear son to God the Father. And a lot of people are struggling with acceptance, Doug. Yeah. You know, a lot of people say, I'm not good enough looking, I'm not skilled enough, and start comparing themselves. Listen, all of us are accepted in the beloved and we're valuable to God. Why? Because God paid big price for us. Yeah. The value that God placed upon us was the death of his own son 
He paid the ultimate price, so we in his eyes are valuable. And if you want to be accepted by someone, God's the greatest person in the universe. And rejoice in the fact that you're accepted in the beloved one, not focused on those that are wicked people maybe or selfish sinners or don't have their act together telling you you're worthless, you're not any good. Yeah. Accepted in the beloved. There it is. And, and you know, so often... Uh, our identities are, you know, uh, dealing all the time with folks with PTSD is an issue I go to often. And uh, one of the biggest things they do is this low self-esteem, low self-value, low self-worth. I mean, you could check it off. You know before you sit down with somebody who's without Christ, who's not in Christ, who's without Christ. And, and then you see them get saved and you explain to them. It's, you know, we, we take the self-esteem and we replace the word self with God-esteem. I meant so much to God, he sent his son to die for me. Yes. We take self-worth and we replace it with God-worth, and I am of such value yes. that Christ died for me. So when we start making our identity about things that Christ did, because we're in Christ now. Yes. So it's not, you know, we look in the mirror, we may say, you know, we're too fat, we're too skinny, we're too ugly, we have too many wrinkles, uh, too many scars, whatever the case may be in your life. Stop it. Yes. Start looking at yourself the way God looks in at God's you. through God's eyes. Yeah. And he sees us just as important and valuable as his own son, accepted in the beloved one. When he looks at us, he sees his son. Yeah. We're in Christ, and so he sees us, and that's our identity. It is. And, and, and folks, it's so important that we grasp this, because if we're not careful, you know, what, what we're putting into us always comes out of us. It's the first lesson you learn in the Army. In the Army, boy, you better know how to wear your uniform, recognize rank, follow orders, know what the orders mean, know what the enemy looks like, know all these things constantly being thrown into you. And they give you this example. They say, well, what we put in you is what's going to come out yes. of you. And the problem is so many people are putting worldly things in. Well, you're not pretty because we want to sell diet programs. We want to sell cosmetic programs. We want to sell, uh, you know, going on this vacation and getting a beautiful golden tan or whatever the case may be. But God's saying, you know what? Not only are you pretty great, but you're of such value. You're so important that my son died for you. Yes. Well, it, that's the value. You know, what we're willing to pay for any object is such how much we value them. Yeah. And so we appreciate that about the Lord and, and even his redeeming. The next verse says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. And what is redemption? Redemption means what payment is made to free someone. That's what yeah. redemption literally means is the payment that causes someone to be free. And it was used in a context of the New Testament time of slaves being bought out of a slave market and freed from slavery to a new leader. And our new leader is Christ and God the Father. And in Christ, we're free from the guilt of sin. Even the forgiveness of sin, he says, your sin needed to be paid for and Jesus shed his blood for that payment. Yeah, and that's a pretty wonderful thing. And I mean, as we go forward, I, I love that. And forgiveness of sins according to his riches and grace, and, and he's abounded toward us. I mean, there's things. So the person in Christ today, this is something we should reflect on all the time. This shouldn't be just a, a one broadcast 
or a one week worth of broadcast type of thing. This is something we should keep notes on. You know, these this is a good sticky. We don't need a St. Francis of Assisi sticky. We need a sticky. That's need need to go to the Word of God and yeah. and count our blessings, the riches, the wealth we have, and cause that to not only as we reflect, rejoice, and then go relate it to somebody else. Go share the riches with someone else. Yeah, so this word comes along in verse number 10, Pastor. It says that in the dispensation of fullness of times, he might gather together in one of all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. So it's talking about a couple groups of people here, right? <laughs> what he's really talking about in verse 10 is the Lord Jesus Christ ultimately is going to bring everything back together in the universe. Yeah. Not only the people, but the creation of God, the stars. Things are out of whack. There's a curse upon the earth. The animals kill one another. And he's going to bring it all back into harmony, and it's going to be summed up in him really whenever he talks about bringing it together. It means an accounting term, get all the figures together and get it summed up. And at the bottom of the list, Christ is the one that sums it up. That's exciting, folks. I mean, there's so much things we look at in our life, but there's coming a day. And, uh, yes. and there's going to be a really good time to live on earth. You know, there's, there's, I can't ride a horse at all. I just want to be honest with you. I, I, first I should tell you that Pastor Miller was born in Texas, raised in college. So I believe that you can ride a horse. Oh okay. yeah. I, I've, I've ridden a few hours on a horse. <laughs> and uh, I never quite got, you know, you push on the stirrups when it's going on. I don't know. It's just, I just never quite got it. I never really liked it very much, but talking about, you know, we're all, we're all going to be together. God's got these things going on for us. And, and, and it says in whom he have obtainable an inheritance predestined according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Yeah, and so that inheritance, that's what he says. In Christ, we have an inheritance. That parable of the girl, she was getting all the wealth of that rich father and son. Yeah, but she gets united with Christ, as we would use the parable. When she married that son, she is, yes, the wealthiest person around, and that's what he's saying here. We have an inheritance, and Romans eight puts it as joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And I think we've explained this before. It's like having a pie cut up in six pieces. Whenever it would be us and my family, we had six children, so my mom cut it up, and we're going we're gonna to be heirs of that pie. Hey, folks, hold on to the ears of that pie. We're going to be right back, and uh, what an honor it is to go through this in Christ. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. It is well. It is well, Pastor. So you're moving on here. You can... Yeah, heirs. We talked about that in verse 10, that we have an inheritance. And we said six pieces of pie. And the six pieces of pie, would we would come and say, well, I get a sixth of it. But whenever we talk about this kind of word of joint heirs, 
that means Christ has the whole pie, and I also have the whole pie, just like my cars. Yeah. My wife and I both own those cars. Yeah. She doesn't have a half part of it, and I have the other half. We share it together, and that's a, an astounding thought. The, you know, you have Christ, and you have all that he possesses. And so you can't get your mind around that. You just can't get around it. But that's one of the things that he brings out. And we missed one of them in verses 8, that we have uh, obtained an inheritance in Christ, and we're brought everything together in Christ. But back in verse 10, it says, in Christ, there's the summation, and we got that one. But in verse 9, it says that there is a purpose and pleasure of God and it's in himself, it's in, it's in God, and wherein, in verse 8, was abounding in wisdom and love. So there's so many things. The love and wisdom of God is showed toward us in Christ. Wherein, and he's referring to Christ, wherein there is that abounding love, and I'm going to read it to you, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Yeah. And so... God has given us Christ, his wisdom. And so in Christ is the wisdom of God. It's God's best way to a best end at the best time for us. Wisdom is the taking the best means to the best end in the best time. And Jesus Christ was God's way for us to be saved. He's our wisdom. Yeah, thank goodness for that. And that, that word prudence carries with it a very special meaning as well. And uh, there's so much and going along with wisdom and having prudence and just having things in our life that aren't ordinarily hooked to human beings in 2023. Right. We don't go around saying, man, we have a, you know, we have a class of people who are wise. We have a, <laughs> we have a class of people who have prudence. So I know you're moving forward, but I just wanted to say that it's just something we don't see much of. Yes, and verse 11 says some of the other wealth that we have in Christ is in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. And we looked at that joint heirs with Christ, but he goes on to verse 13. He says, in whom ye also trusted, that's in Christ we trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel. So we heard the gospel truth that Christ died for us, was buried and rose again so that we could be saved. And so we came to hope or trust in Christ. And that father told that girl in the parable we gave, you believed in my son, you depended upon him, you trusted him to keep his word. Well, it goes on to say whom we also that you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. And you know what that seal is? It's not a Navy SEAL. <laughs> it's not an animal SEAL. I remember my son, whenever he was reading in the book of Revelation as an elementary school boy, and he talked about the seven sealed scroll that was there that nobody was worthy to open. And he, uh, he, he was frustrated about that because as he thought about it, those animal SEALs, and he wasn't thinking scroll seals. And so one day he read and he came to understand, he heard somebody preach and he realized, hey, this is wax on the end of a scroll that kept it sealed up so it wouldn't unravel. And that's, he, he says, I thought it was animal seals, dad. <laughs> <laughs> and we always have uh, things that we misunderstand, but the seal was something that was a emperor 
would put on some prize possession. It was wax, and it had a signet ring impression upon it. It's the thing that they did with Christ's burial stone. Yeah. At that tomb, they put a seal on there, and nobody but anyone that had, except those that had a, signet, a signet ring could actually open up that stone. Yeah. But God opened that stone up that day. <laughs> it reminds me so much, doesn't it, of uh, of uh, uh, Revelation end of coming into chapter five. There, there's there, who's worthy to open this? Yeah, and uh, there was only one on there. But well, and so the, the, you could only open it if you had permission by the authority. And what he's saying here, you are secure. When we're sealed yeah. in Christ, nobody can take us out of God's hands. Yeah. We're his possession, we're secure, and nobody has the authority to remove us from being in Christ. That's what's so great about this verse. It it's is. security that he's driving at. Ownership by God, sealed and secure. Wonderful. Just knowing that we're sealed and secure, and, and secure in Christ. So being in Christ, we're secure. And, and you know, security is something we're all, we're, we all seek in life. You know, the security of our home, security of our cars, security of, you know, a parking spot. We look for the best parking spot we can get. But often we, on earth, forget about the security that we need to be sealed in for eternity. Yes. You know, we, we have the temporal thing. Boy, we better make sure we, you know, live in the right apartment, right house, whatever, right neighborhood, right car. But, folks, this is so important to understand that in Christ. And uh, I just want to throw this back at Pastor here. We're rolling right along through Chapter 1. It's just being a great blessing. Yes, well, let me just conclude this chapter. There's something we're going to look at in the future. And it says uh, that Paul prayed for the Ephesians to know something that's in Christ. And he says that you might know the exceeding greatness of his power who was given to us who believed upon Christ according to this mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Yeah. And you know, some more of the wealth of God is resurrection power in our lives. Wow. That we live by the same power that took Jesus out of the grave. That's what Paul prayed for them to know, that in Christ there was resurrection and we are in Christ and we can know that same power to live our lives daily to overcome hurts, to overcome sorrow, to overcome temptations, to overcome our sin nature. Yeah, that's pretty wonderful stuff. And uh, I'm, I'm really glad we're looking at that. Remember what you can overcome. Don't be thinking about the things that can overcome you, because in my Bible, it doesn't look like anything can overcome us as long as the Holy Spirit of God is doing the work. And that's what we're going to look at next time in Romans 8. Uh, yeah. I want to really look on that, that we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And then it ends that passage in Romans 8, in Christ Jesus. Yeah. We're more than conquerors in him. Once again, we've stepped into the sphere of victory in the battle when we step into the sphere of Christ and we're in Christ taking his wealth, his power, his enabling, his overcoming power. Yeah, so one thing you had mentioned to me, Pastor, I know we've got about a minute left. I always do this to him with a minute left or something, but you, you talked about how your life changed. You got saved, and then years later, you hook back up to God, and, uh, and you're following these things. What kind of change did that make in your life? 
Oh, the total difference changed. Now I had joy. I had satisfaction. The Lord was my shepherd, and now I wasn't wanting. I was, wasn't looking for happiness anymore. The Holy Spirit now was dominating in my heart. I had surrendered and yielded to the Holy Spirit. I'd quit quenching him, and now he's giving me love and joy and peace. I started loving other people because God loves people. You look at people differently, don't you? Oh, you do. Different desires, different view. And I can tell you this about Pastor Miller. Debbie and I were talking about that the the other night. And uh, we were talking about how Pastor Miller had just accepted us. Uh, Here we are coming in, members of another church, working with a ministry at the time. Just accepted. Everybody was the same to you. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit of God. That's God. Equality Uh, in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And folks, that's what it's all about. We certainly hope that uh, as we're going through this in Christ, you you understand just what God has given you already in your life and that you take advantage of these things because these things don't amount to a hill of beans unless that, unless that, unless the Lord wins and you, and you follow him. And uh, we sure do love you. God bless you. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Come back. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.